0: EMZT Radio is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audio download and a free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com EMZT. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player.
1: Welcome to another episode of EMZT Radio. I'm Bane Hellborn with my partner, the infamous MJ.
0: You know, I have found my level of petty. Which is? is? on my level of petty, man. Did you ever... Okay, so there was a singer that Mozart absolutely hated. Uh Uh-huh. So knowing that she had this tendency to raise her head on the high notes and lower her head on the low notes,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: he he made a song that that was constant high and low notes so her head would bobble like a chicken.
1: Oh, jeez.
0: That's my level of petty right
1: there oh my god
0: that's that's legendary levels of petty
1: yeah (laughs) wow
0: oh my god I am so happy to see that level of fucking petty it's it's ridiculous yeah oh my god (laughs) oh my god that is so that is that is amazing levels of petty
1: (laughs) oh man close to douchebaggery
0: Oh, no, 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 no. That's probably well... You know what, though? It's probably well-deserved, because she's probably one of those... those you know, those, those diva-type singers.
1: Well, they were all divas back then, so yeah. That's, that's true. <laughs> they were all yeah. divas back then. They were divas.
2: They were.
1: So yeah. Fun, How many episodes in are you of you? I'm done. You finished it?
2: I finished
0: it.
1: Wow, what do you think?
0: It's Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> it is a lifetime... For, it... I, I was not aware of it until I actually got really into it, that this was originally a Lifetime series. Isn't that weird? Yeah. And it's it's everything. And then when I, I finally saw that it was a Lifetime series, I'm thinking to myself, this is exactly what would happen if they put Dexter on Lifetime.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of kind of scary.
0: It is. It is. It's very scary.
1: It's, oh, my God. You know, every time I watch these things, it just makes me not want to date anymore. (laughs) Just forget it.
0: (laughs) Every time I watch my love life, I don't want to date anymore. So, (laughs) (laughs) Love you.
1: Oh, man. Just in case she's
0: listening to the podcast.
1: Every time I see something like this, I'm like, you know what? My little toy is just going to be it. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. I'm done.
0: <laughs> and this is quickly turning into a Bitches of Horror special. But <laughs> I actually, I was. Let me say this right now. Give a shout out to to Jasmine and Sarah. I was there during the Bitches of Horror New Year special when they did it live on Facebook.
1: Oh, I missed it. Oh,
0: I now I now understand true epicness because that was. <laughs> I, <laughs> Especially near the end when you could see that the truth serum was completely coming out. <laughs> uh, really two uh, kinds of alcohol?
1: <laughs> two kinds.
0: Nice. Two kinds of alcohol. We even had running bets going on in the chat of who would destroy the light first. <laughs> Wow, uh, we both we both ended up wrong. I right, well, there was a few of us. I think Jeremiah and I ended up wrong, but we were we were the closest because we both had money and Sarah, <laughs> 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 who threatened to do it a couple of times.
1: Oh boy!
0: So, oh, we love them. We love them. What yeah. can we say? Yes, they, they yes, are we'd... they are friends of the program. Yes, we have a lot of friends of the program. Yes. And a lot of uh, promotional stuff to deal with.
1: Okay, like what? Like which one?
0: Well, we have our friend Timothy Troy has released the trailer, the final trailer for Abby. Now we've talked about oh. this one on on a few occasions, and we'll have it linked in in the 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 whatever you call those things, the show notes.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: apparently, I can't describe things today, so <laughs> I'd be useless on the hundred thousand dollar pyramid. <laughs>
1: Well, it is Monday, so that's when our brains don't work, really.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes, uh, he has um, put out the uh, final trailer for Abby, which will be coming to the- uh, festivals, actually, in 2019. So that means it might be out in theaters in 2020.
1: Oh, good. Looking forward to that.
0: I want to see yeah. I I really want to see this. I mean, it's very interesting to me, um, Abby. So check that one out. Uh I got a message from another friend of the program, if mm-hmm. you will, Ian Messenger, who sent me some stills for our, the upcoming sequel uh to Fireside Tales. Oh. I have seen stills.
1: Oh. So nice. be on
0: the definitely be on the lookout for that. When once we get some um crowdfunding uh information, mm-hmm. we will be uh passing that along
1: yes yes yes
0: yes uh, and uh, what else for those of you who have been following the tube of you drama <laughs> scene if you will <laughs> um well it's not really this this big of a of a, of a drama yet um night Mind and another youtube channel which i'm a fan of but is not coming to my brain at the moment has been dealing with this uh, alleged kid stuck in a cult. Huh. It's been on uh, this. This started out on Reddit, and it's the you, you have to go. You have to go watch the videos on this. He claims to be stuck in the Twelve Nations cult, and a lot of things are starting to come to light about it. And to be honest with you, uh, somebody might not be telling the truth. Somebody on mm. Reddit lied.
1: You think <laughs> Yeah,
0: somebody on Reddit lied? Well, I mean, so there, there's a little bit of drama in the uh, horror YouTube community.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Going on about that. So I thought, I thought i would bring that up. I mean, you guys check out and I did post on our Facebook page. Cause I am a, uh, Patreon of nightmind. Oh, nice. Uh, definitely check them out. Maybe throw them a couple of bucks. I put up a few things, um, on our, uh, facebook page here today obviously um we got sarah's uh, patreon up there mm-hmm. and we've got another friend of the podcast who it's not really horror but it's it's up our alley it's D. oh yes our friends are scottish D and D friends uh penance rpg you also put put them up there and all of those can be found on the f- facebook page so go check out our facebook page if you want to give to uh Give to them, and especially penance, because I mean you have to listen to penance RP, especially the the one they're doing now, the campaign they're doing now. There has been so many hilarious deaths and so many hilarious injuries that have been going on because they have had some bad luck with the dice. Oh, jeez! <laughs> <laughs> so we've we've had some we've had some uh, fun injuries and some really fun deaths. As of late.
1: Wow. Can you give an example?
0: Well, um, let's just say one of them can cast fireballs and isn't very accurate.
1: Oh, okay. Friendly fire.
0: <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. It's already yeah. killed one or two uh, <laughs> companions because of fireballs. Oh. Oh. But they're cool. I I love listening to them. They They get me through my Monday mornings.
1: I sure could use them right now because I'm too yes. fucking frustrated today.
0: <laughs> it, the the current campaign is called Plummet. Plummet, if you're nice. wondering. So yes, it is. It is a, a great. Uh, they're calling it a Bard's Tale.
1: Of course, Bard's Tale. So,
0: yes, and there are actually some perks with this with this Patreon. I wanted to bring them up because they're really cool people. We interact a lot on Twitter. Um, they actually have perks where you can be an NPC. Oh, and you can actually help write part of a story.
1: Oh, I like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, that's uh, Penance RPG. Look for them on Patreon or go to the EMCT page and check them out. I I just wanted to to bring them up because they're cool. They're really cool people. Like I said, we interact a lot on Twitter.
1: Aw, how nice.
0: Yes, because I'm always laughing at at the latest injury or death.
1: Well, our music uh, is going to be added, getting an addition. I just
0: got the
1: Dead Air soundtrack.
0: <laughs> oh yes, I know we've been we've been going back and forth with the Dead Air soundtrack for a little while.
1: Yeah, no, I finally got it. Yeah, um, Dang. it's weird through uh, it's Indiegogo. Um, I didn't get the link of when my digital soundtrack was available, so it's just just weird.
0: Yeah, but I mean it's it's really cool though because uh, Jeff really went out of his way. Yeah. To well, make sure I, you got it, so you know, yeah, big props I, to Jeff. Uh, yes, for, thank you, for, you, Jeff. For giving or for for making sure that you got your you got the uh, soundtrack.
1: Yeah, because uh, I did get the I ordered the sticker, which they will feature. Well, they're gonna feature in their movie. Woo-hoo! <laughs> I can't wait for that. I did get the sticker. It's awesome. <laughs> and uh, I just didn't get the soundtrack. And yeah, but I contacted Jeff through the Indiegogo website. And yeah, he was on it. Woo
0: All right. So there we go. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, I, I, got, I got distracted by a work email. But go ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so what else? what else do we got?
0: You know, oh, I did see something on Netflix, which is really cool. Which what? The Evil Genius.
1: Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, I Evil, saw that too.
0: Evil Genius. Now I don't know if they're doing this like they're going to take crimes, like uh, if they're they're going to do full crimes or not, and they'll be di- the different seasons. But there's four episodes of Evil Genius. They're all an hour long. So if you got you know a couple hours to kill at night, you can get you can get through this. It takes you through. Do you remember in Pennsylvania? This was got to be about five six years ago. Uh, there was a guy that robbed a bank and he had a bomb collar on. Okay. So I, I I don't know if you're familiar with that story or not. No. But the but the I don't want to say the cops didn't take him seriously with it, but it exploded. <laughs> it was it was a pizza delivery guy. Oh jeez. Ended up with a um, bomb collar on there. I, I know some people listening to this podcast are screaming at me. We know the story. We know the story. But uh, yeah, he robbed a bank. And then, while he was sitting there with the police, it went off. Jesus! So they uh, basically the four episodes deal with the crime and the investigation, and then the confessions. Wow! So if you're a true crime fan, this this is definitely something to, to to you know take an evening and watch. Nice. Not not with the kids. No. Not with the kids though, because there's a lot of heavy drug usage and and all that other fun stuff wow but i Good. would definitely 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 have a look at that
1: yeah and we binged you <laughs>
0: yeah i liked it i loved it it's not going to be the 25 minute shit on bird box like last week <laughs> I, I actually put that in the show promotion that you know i Basically, shit on Bird Box. I was an asshole.
1: Oh, you did. You shit all over it.
0: <laughs> I, I really did. I didn't mean to because there were certain things I liked in it, and but there were a lot more things I hated in it. So, yeah. Sorry, kids. If yeah, you like, I know. But, hey, I just look. Don't take my word on everything because I'll tell you the truth. Film <laughs> critics suck.
1: Yeah, some film they critics do.
0: suck. All right. I not mean, the, not the so... people that, that judge it at at at. Um, festivals i'm just saying in general film critics suck i don't have a rotten tomatoes account i will never have a rotten tomatoes account i don't give two flying shits what rotten tomatoes says oh, i am so yeah. sick and damn tired of i i don't know if it's about you but i've noticed that in all the fucking commercials now for movies mm-hmm. or rotten Tomatoes score go fuck yourself with your rotten tomato score okay <laughs> But Rotten they to- are. No, I'm, I'm serious when I say this. Rotten Tomatoes, go fuck yourself! <laughs> you pretentious some, fucking website. I hate you. I don't give a some, flying shit about your ratings.
1: Sometimes they are. They're wrong quite a bit. But oh, you know, sometimes, sometimes they agree with what we think.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, but most most times they're fucking wrong. Yeah. I mean, what's, but but see, that's the whole thing, and and it goes back to our fucking society of well, rotten tomatoes didn't like it. I'm not gonna like it. Go fucking see the movie, anyways. If you yeah. want to go fucking see it, don't let a bunch of assholes on the internet tell you something. Don't don't let us. Don't let the two biggest horror assholes there are tell you. <laughs> right. Don't don't let us don't let us sway you. Into yeah. not seeing it. I mean, if you like Bird Box, tell me, you, you, you can even message me. Go fuck yourself. I like Bird Box. Well, that's great. I'm glad you like Bird Box. I was, you know, I was kind of entertained. Um, I, I was bored most of the way through, but I was kind of entertained.
1: It I, mean, was I, watched bad. These, I
0: watch horror movies because it's my happy place, man. Yeah. I mean, you're talking to somebody who loves Frankenhooker. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, come on, come on! You really want to take my advice on movies? I like Frankenhooker. <laughs> I will sit. Down. I will literally nothing wrong sit with down. That movie. <laughs> I will literally sit down and fucking watch Frankenhooker ten times in a row if I have to, just because I like oh, yeah. the cheese. Oh
1: yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. So you Frank know what? Hookers, awesome.
0: You know what? Take those websites like Rotten Tomatoes and just throw them in the fucking trash, people. There's my well, inspirational quote of the week. Take rotten tomatoes and shove it up your ass. Please don't <laughs> shove rotten tomatoes up your ass, though, because that, that's really nasty.
1: And it could lead to serious medical condition. That includes surgery. Yeah. Neither Whoa.
0: one of us know this from first-hand experience. Maybe from second and third-hand, but you know. <laughs> I don't even care. I, I'm at the point now. I just don't even fucking care.
2: Like, uh, like,
0: oh, <laughs> hey, did you see what this got on rotten tomatoes? now? No. I don't. I don't, I don't give a shit.
1: I I do look at them every now and then to see how they think. You know, it's kind of interesting to see what they say. But yeah, don't take their don't take their word as the end all be all. Nope.
0: Yeah, please don't stop. Just just stop taking anybody else's word for it. You know, if you want to go see something, go fucking see it.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, and and I'm not gonna. Sh- I like indie movies better than I do uh, Hollywood movies. I'm not going to shit on you if you love Hollywood movies. All right. I'm not going to shit on you if you prefer indie movies. I don't, you know, you could watch 20 movies that I can't fucking stand. I'm not going to shit on you for it because you enjoy that. And this gives you, you know, this life has such little enjoyment in it. Yeah. Don't, sh- that's the other thing. Don't shit on people for what they enjoy. Unless you right. enjoy Logan Paul, then you can just shit all over that. But
1: I agree there.
0: Yeah. Ugh. Oh, oh no! You know what's gonna happen now? We're gonna get oh. we're gonna get comments from the low gang.
1: Yeah, you know what? Ooh. Fuck Ooh. that guy! Fuck that guy! He's stupid. Yeah, we, he's uh, stupid.
0: Uh, of, of all the stupidest shit you could say. I mean, seriously, come on, man! But yeah, but yeah, now we're gonna get we're gonna get um, badly spelled threats from the low gang. Yeah, I'll come eh. and visit you, but. I'll come kick your ass, but it can't. It's got to be before nine o'clock because that's my bedtime. <laughs> Did your mommy let you on the computer, Logang? Okay. <laughs> but yeah.
1: Well, let's just hope <laughs> they don't watch you and get pointers.
0: No, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. They better not watch me. They're they're too young to be on my Facebook page. <laughs> They're, they're way too young to be on my face if if you are a low ganger and you're on my Facebook page I will tell your mommy yeah,
1: yeah cause we've been deemed uh, well actually I've been deemed inappropriate
0: yeah we're inappropriate for little children so oh. you can kindly F off our page <laughs> and F off our podcast too while you're at it <laughs> <laughs> Because you low right. you, you gangers are a little too young to be listening to this podcast. All right. Get your right. parents' permission before you call. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we need to bring back, man. Seriously. <laughs> That's what we need. We need to bring back the 1-900 numbers.
1: <laughs> oh, my I God. I mean, do you remember
0: that it was like 1-900 or 1-800-845-Freddy or something like that? Yeah. And you could talk to Freddy Krueger. Man, that, that that used to be like, like the shit on Monday nights.
1: Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah.
0: call the WCW hotline right now. Or that was you know, the,
1: that was the Help. thing of the '80s and early '90s was the 900 numbers for everything. Oh, I know.
0: <laughs> and I always loved that too. It's like, kids, get your parents' permission before you call. Wait, yeah, I'm not getting my parents' permission before I do a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, because what was it? Wasn't it like 2.99 or 3.99 a minute? <laughs> oh yeah, it
0: was. So, yeah. I mean, you think you know all these stories about kids racking up like thousands of dollars in charges on Fortnite? Do you really <laughs> think that's a new thing? No. Oh, no, 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 no. It's very old stuff. It's called racking up, <laughs> it's called racking up a $2,000 phone bill just because you wanted a birthday greeting from Freddy Krueger.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Okay, it was really $150. Which, but you get my point. At,
1: which at the time was so worth it.
0: Oh, it was, was worth it. it. Was totally worth it. Are you kidding me? I used to call those things all the time. <laughs> like, especially the ones with like Chucky and...
1: Oh, no, and, I, I was never allowed. Never oh, allowed. So
0: great. It was so great. <laughs> I, uh, oh man, I love those things.
1: But you know, it all pales in comparison now because I actually got to meet those people in person. So the the yeah, it just yeah yeah not not for me, not for me. <laughs>
0: I have some more. I actually have gaming news.
1: Gaming news. Go ahead.
0: Gaming news. And I have really, I don't know if I could say that this is really funny. I mean, it it, it is kind of hilarious, but it's kind of not. All right. So Gearbox's CEO, I think we all know what's going on over at Activision. They're in a big fraud case right now.
2: Mm -mm. But
0: (laughs) Gearbox's CEO, it has come out in a uh, lawsuit that Gearbox filed against their former lawyer. Are you ready for this? Okay. Now there's there's some pretty gnarly accusations here. One of them being that the CEO of Gearbox and his wife hosted adult parties for some of the people that may have not been adults. Uh-oh. Now, the funniest part of it has to do with this USB stick. Mm-hmm. follow along if you will he actually was on another podcast which is irrelevant and nobody's ever heard of it and i heard the clip and the host first off let me give give some hosting advice to that guy uh dude it's okay to let somebody else get two or three sentences out of their mouth before you interrupt them (laughs) and go on a two minute tangent but anyways so he's he's got this this usb stick And he's watching cam girl porn, first of all. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Those those websites make you show proof that you're over 18. Mm -hmm. So at least we know he's not watching kitty porn. Okay. So he's he's in there. He's watching this girl. And she does things um, that we won't get into on this podcast. (laughs) And he's amazed by it. So he records the clip only to find out she's using a turkey baster. For certain things but um and Whoa. this was exit not enter uh oh anyways that, that that that's irrelevant but i thought i would just leave it in there so, okay. so you know we, we're i'm helping other people's imaginations here <laughs> um so he has the, he has it on this usb drive which he's also got uh, details and plans for other games that Gearbox is going to fuck up because they can't make a decent game besides Borderlands.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And of all the places to leave your pornography,
1: uh. <laughs> oh, Medieval no. Times? Oh, man. What? <laughs> I love my porn at a Medieval Times. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: I know some of the things he's, he's he's alleged in this lawsuit are sick, but I, I can't help myself that it was out of medieval times.
1: Oh, my God.
0: I mean, it was out
3: of
1: medieval times.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Brain.exe has stopped. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh, boy. I just, I can't. What are you doing taking your porn to medieval times? Yeah, that's I, I stupid. Have tried, I have tried in vain for the last two days to wrap my fucking head around that one little tidbit. Uh. <laughs> and yes, I like I said, I understand. Some of the things that are being accused in this lawsuit are pretty awful. And if they're true, he's a piece of shit and he deserves to go to prison. Okay, let me yeah. let me just be 10,000% clear on this, that if some of the things that have been alleged in this lawsuit are true, um, Randy Pitchford, who's Gearbox's CEO, is a fucking pile of dog shit and deserves to go to prison and get done to him what child molesters in prison get done. I'll just say that right now. But wow. I'm just, it's just to me, fucking hilarious that you would leave anything. What are you doing? First off, what are you doing with a USB drive at at medieval times? Did you just leave it in your fucking pocket?
1: Yeah, what the hell?
0: And and the other question would be, why the hell did you take it out of your pocket then?
1: Yeah, are you watching it? Were they watching it on the laptop they brought?
0: Oh my God, I hope they weren't watching it. I mean, there were fucking kids around. I mean. I don't know about you, but the last time I went into a medieval times, there's more kids in there than there are adults.
1: I haven't been in one for a long time.
0: Of course, there's a lot of kids in there begging for the $25 cup. Yeah. In the, I, 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 I would say I get, that I've never seen a bigger ripoff than medieval times, but that's not true because I play Bethesda games.
1: <laughs> I bet you that's why he brought the USB so they could watch it on a laptop.
0: Oh, that's, if he's doing that that if he's do, yep. you don't watch porn around kids, man. Don't watch porn around kids. <laughs> and I can think of about 5,000 other places I'd rather f- you know, fap at than a freaking medieval times. <laughs> like dude, seriously. What
2: the yeah. fuck?
0: Like uh, what the fuck are you doing?
1: Have some class.
0: Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I think we all know Activision's in a little bit of trouble too they're defrauding people through microtransactions. You know like EA. Oh. And yeah. fucking uh, Bethesda are doing. So, you know. Yeah. And Bethesda's and Bethesda's in more shit <laughs> overfall. <laughs> I you know Fallout 76 is the perfect perfect game for Bethesda right now. Yeah. You know why? Because they nuked themselves several occasions. Did you hear about what happened on New Year's Day? No. So we've gone through baggate we're now hitting rum gate um we have we went through the well part of baggate was the data dump the the accidental data dump um and if you ordered a nylon bag, you got accidentally doxed by Bethesda oh, really um now we have Keygate.
1: okay what's that and
0: devgate we had simultaneous idiocracies going on at the same time because now. On New Year's Day, they lost all the nuclear keys in the game.
1: Oh, shit.
0: Because, okay, let me explain to, to everybody. To keep the game fair, which which I agree with on this, they reset all the, the nuclear launch codes. Okay. So if you're not aware by now, the end game of Fallout 76 is you find all of these codes and, And you go to this silo and you nuke a place. And then, you know, you get infinitely tougher opposition. All right. Now, each week to make the game fair for everybody, they reset the launch codes and they reset the keys. Okay. Okay. They reset the launch codes and the keys. They just forgot to put them in the fucking game for about three days. (laughs) Oh, well, that's frustrating. So now we have the key situation going on, and then we have the the developer room situation, which is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> so, as you know, um, you and I both know very well. We we love player game player single player games. We are yep. big time in the save player one movement. Yep, um, because we're both old. Uh, let's just be <laughs> honest. And we don't like you damn whippersnappers coming in and beating us when you're half our freaking age. Yeah. Um,
1: or a quarter of it.
0: Yeah, a quarter of our age. <laughs> we we don't, that's, I don't... I think that's why neither one of us play Fortnite.
1: Uh, no, it's because everybody else plays it. Who fucking cares? Yeah, I know. You know? But, uh,
0: but anyways. Yeah. So, we are... Big time into single-player games. And what's the one thing they've got that you can access through console commands is called a developer room. Uh-huh. Now, yeah. this is where they put assets that so they haven't either you know, finished, or they're testing out, or they're about to go in the game, and they're just there. You know?
4: hmm Right.
0: Well... Some people may or may not have found the way into the developer room, and it may or may not be Bethesda's fault. Uh oh. By the way, uh, also, if you go into the dev room, uh, you're going to get banned. Really? Yes. Unless <laughs> you, um, you know, you, and here's the here's the thing, and and they've even found an exploit around this. So apparently, you can you can make like a little uh, fake account or temporary account. mm Hmm. Go into the developer room, get all the crap out of the developer room, pass it along to somebody else, or to, to another one of your characters, and your temporary account gets banned. Your other account doesn't, and you have all the weapons that's in the developer room. <laughs> oh, shit. This is Bethesda. This How in the living fuck did they put out one of the greatest games of all time? Pure luck. (laughs) This is, this is, this is, but do you want to know what's funny about this? What? They're still using the same fucking game engine.
1: Oh, yes, that's right. They haven't changed it. They're using the same
0: game engine from the third fucking Skyrim.
1: They haven't changed it. That's right.
0: Yeah. There's been no changes since the third Skyrim, which was what, 15 years ago? At least. (laughs) Holy shit, Bethesda. Really? Really? (laughs) <laughs> you haven't changed your source code in 13 years or 15 years, but a six-year-old could exploit it right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I wonder why everybody's going to Minecraft. <laughs> Still going to Minecraft.
1: Yep. Do you have Minecraft?
0: I actually don't. Oh. I was thinking about getting it, and I might get it for, for the gaming computer, but...
1: It's it's really relaxing. I have it. We, ha- we have it because that's Boom Doom's favorite game.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I'm just...
1: And there's all these new updates that came out that we talked about a couple of uh, episodes ago. Mm-hmm. It's really f- it's really fun.
0: Nice. Yeah. But, but here's my thing, though. Uh, it's, I've, I have more fun playing on Roblox than I do Fallout 76.
1: Oh, my God. Roblox. Don't get me started about Roblox. Yeah. I should be making videos of Boom Doom playing Roblox. We should, we should you know what that, that, should, that
0: should be coming to the EMZT channel is 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 Roblox let's Plays.
1: Okay. Okay. I'm going to have I'll, to start videoing I'll, Boom yeah. Doom while he plays Roblox. It's fucking hilarious.
0: I'll take care of the I'll take care of the indie horror games. You just take care of the Roblox.
1: There you go. <laughs> and but it's uh, more
0: fun than Fallout 76 right now.
1: What happened? There was there was an incident the other day. Oh, no, he was playing fear. I'm sorry. That uh, the neighbors thought my sister was beating him because he kept screaming, Mommy, no. Mommy, no. Because <laughs> the game fear scared him so bad.
0: <laughs> oh, damn.
1: He was heard down the street. This boy has lungs. <laughs> I'm telling oh. you. He needs to be put in a horror movie. He has the lungs for it. <laughs>
0: I actually found a horror game that made me jump. Which one? Call of Cthulhu.
1: Oh, I haven't played that yet. It's we talked about some that. some jump
0: scares in it. Yeah. Good jump scares. I like good jump scares.
1: Yeah. So, oh, f- when we were watching Fear, oh, there was quite a bunch of shit going on in there. I mean, oh, it's freaky.
2: Freaky. Freaky Friday.
1: Freaky. It was freaky. And, cause, and it was always in the dark and shit's going, you know, coming up behind you or comes right down in front of you it's just oh yeah frustrating (laughs) wow yeah anyway do we have anything else
0: i don't think so i think we should get into some music because it's been wow we've spent almost an hour what okay 30 30 something minutes
1: okay yeah music time
0: music time
4: soul. Now you will all know that evil has a first name. Available on Amazon, print and Kindle. Fear is inevitable. Purchase at your own risk. I am Dino Sands. I am War Fiction and you are listening to EMZT
0: Radio. The show that puts the story back into history. History is all about discovering the why. And I think that in that process, it's important to never take the story out of history. Making history come alive, one episode at a time. Visit themondayamerican.com to get more. Dive into the
5: Monday American. Don't worry, we'll be gentle.
0: Hey everyone, this is Beaumont Bob from Bone with Bobcat. You can listen to me live every Monday night at 10 p.m. Eastern at sfdradio.com, where I'm bringing you the best of the worst in cheap booze, talking bum wine, beers, 40s, malt liquor, and more. Always featuring the latest and greatest in the world of drinking and entertainment, along with some special guests. So come on down and take a ride with Bumwine Bob. If you can't be there live, you can always listen in the archives at bumwinebob.com. So sit back, relax, grab a drink, and Enjoy.
3: Cheers. Now what the fuck are we supposed to do? Where's the real pretty shit now, man? This is EMZT Radio. Come and let your ears bleed.
0: The Poker Game, an EMZT original by Matt Jordan. I used to gamble. Hell, I was one of the best. I even made it to the final table, the World Series of Poker once. Every year, my buddies and I would hit Vegas. And it would only be for a week or so, but the only thing we ever saw was the inside of a casino. I was usually found at the poker or the blackjack tables, spending a few thousand per hand. The last time I paid for anything in Vegas, that was the first time we went. Since then, everything's been comped. But I'm not a sucker. I knew that my gambling losses would essentially pay for everything. And yeah, about two or three days in, I'd mindlessly give one of my buddies a couple grand to go bet on a basketball game or football game or something. But yeah, gambling was kind of a way of life. As much as I loved to gamble, though, I never let it control my life. My bills were always paid. My family always had food. I was never in doubt of losing my job. I gambled for the same reason people drink or play video games. The thrill of it just relaxed me. Friday nights, there was always poker nights with the boys. Nothing big, just, you know, four guys and some bourbon. Saturdays would find me on the computer playing online poker. Again, nothing usually big, but, you know, if I was feeling saucy, I'd throw in a big bet. I was well known on a few of the uh, big poker sites. Uh, Well, most everybody I met was friendly. You get the few assholes every now and then. Usually some guy has been drinking too much and probably shouldn't be playing anyways. Thanks to my good nature, most people liked me, and they would invite me to events. Some of them, well, they were high stakes poker. I'd usually go to some of the higher profile ones. Hell, I was hoping to make poker my career. I was tired of being an accountant. It would be pushing the pencils any day of the week. That's for sure. It was a Sunday, probably about eleven in the morning. I just finished a nice breakfast and a cup of coffee. And my phone went off. It wasn't a number I recognized, but the text had me a bit intrigued. Skip Vegas this year. I have something better. Check mail tomorrow. I texted back asking who it was, but I never received an answer. The next day at the job, it was a blur. I just kept thinking about what that text could possibly mean. So I raced home. My mind was in about 50 million different directions. My wife met me at the door. I gave her the usual kiss and the typical how-was-your-day greeting. She handed me an envelope. This thing was a little bit larger than what normally comes in the mail. Dear sir, we've been watching you for a long time and are impressed with your poker playing prowess. We would like to invite you to the ultimate poker cruise. We'll leave port on a Sunday and return the next week. All expenses paid. This invitation will get you and your friends on the cruise. We'll be expecting you. That last line I really wasn't a fan of. But hell, an all-expenses-paid cruise to play poker? (laughs) I'm there. So I talked it over with my buddies and we canceled all our plans for Vegas and instead we started packing for the cruise. I kissed my wife and headed to the airport. Our excitement made the flight to Orlando extremely short. We got on a quick Uber and headed towards the ship. When we got there, I handed my invitation to the man standing there on the top of the ship. Oh, Mr. Morris! Please, have your party follow me. We walked into a room that would rival most presidential suites. Oh, man. Anything you could imagine was in this room. Exotic food, hot tub, Oh yeah, there were women. If you need anything else, uh, please don't hesitate. The first night, we could walk the ship and just relax. I inquired about the gambling, but I was told that because of state laws, gambling wasn't allowed until we arrived in international waters. Seeing as this was my first gambling cruise, and I didn't know any better, I just accepted that. After a night of hedonism, we fell asleep. The next morning, after breakfast, I was informed that the recipients of the invitation were wanted in the main poker room. After being seated, the stakes were explained. Gentlemen, it's simple. You're the best poker players in the world. You are the top 15. As stated, the winner gets all 15 million. Everyone else will be just out of luck. You're probably wondering why you were not asked to bring cash. I think it's obvious. I'm giving all of you a million dollars. Once you go bust, however, you're out. Oh, and gentlemen, all in has a new meaning here. Once you've reached that point, it'll be explained. Now shuffle up and deal. I was focused. This was $15 million. Nothing else mattered. Not even my friends. I'm sure they were completely lost in the debauchery in our room anyways. I lost all sense of time, but I think maybe it was three hours in when the first person went bust. Then, we learned what all in actually means. We all stopped because, you know, we all wanted to know just what would happen. It was at that point we noticed that one of the player's friends was paraded in blindfolded. The player was given a choice. He could kill one of his friends which would give him 50,000 more to buy back in. Or go bust. Bust. sense of dread started to wash over me as i slowly began to realize that if you went bust it means you weren't leaving the ship alive the friend was forced to his knees but he didn't put up a fight he was almost sedated holy shit i just kept thinking are my friends like this too The player was then handed a large knife, or maybe it was a small machete. Slit his throat, stay in the game, the dealer said. If you don't, I don't think I need to tell you what happens next. At this point, there was a major hush over the room. It was becoming clear that all of us bit off a hell of a lot more than we could chew. I I can't do this. I won't do this! Pollyo protested. These are my friends! You won't get away with this. It was at that point the rest of his friends were marched in the room, and the game master made sure we paid attention to what happened next. Let this be an example! All the players' friends were on their knees, and partly sedated, but the more I thought about it, maybe they seemed like they were in a trance. Their hands stretched outwards, each received a knife, and the four friends surrounded the player. They took turns stabbing him, each thrust almost putting them in a bloodlust of sorts. Once the player was dead, then they turned on each other, and each of them mindlessly stabbed each other to death. Now, we all started looking around, because we knew there was no escape. Everyone's playing to win. Some were even taking shortcuts. If a dealer noticed, though, that someone was trying to cheat, that player's friends were summoned in the room, no question, and they were murdered in the same style as the first person. In the quiet moments of gathering ourselves, you could hear the splash of what we assumed were the bodies being tossed overboard. The first day ended and we were all sent back to our rooms. The walk back seemed forever, and I was shaking the whole way. I honestly was ready for my friends to murder me the second I opened the door. I took a big breath and I walked in. To my amazement, my friends seemed, well, normal. I sat quietly observing them for a little while just to see if there was anything unusual about their behavior, but it was nothing. There's no change. I mean, they would even try to hold normal conversations with me about how my poker day went and the like. I didn't really respond because oh, I was lost in thought of the day. But it was at dinner that I first noticed something was not right. You see, there were two tables when it comes to the buffet. One was for us, the gamblers. The other one was for our friends. Our buffet was amazing. Anything you can think of was was on this buffet. Shrimp. Seafood. Steaks. Just... It, it, it was amazing. It was almost like Caesar's Palace. But then I noticed the other table just had meat. And it was raw meat. My friends were with the others. And it seemed like they were almost fighting over who got what. So we all sat down at the table. And I was eating and My friend Lawrence looked over at me and just kept insisting that I tried this. It was the greatest he's ever had. After a couple minutes of him pestering me and me getting over the fear of what it could possibly even be, I took a bite. It was gamey. It was nothing that I had ever tasted before and I just didn't feel right biting into it. I asked him what it was and he said without hesitation this is the best human I've ever had Lawrence you never have had human before then it hit me I was right about the splash they were throwing the bodies overboard after they were taking the meat off the bones it was hard to stomach the rest of dinner, but I forced myself to eat because I needed the energy for the next day. Sleeping was extremely rough, knowing what I did know, but I forced myself, and I kept telling myself, if they kill me in my sleep, then so be it. After the first day, there was only ten of us left. Three had busted out, and two got caught cheating. My focus was less on the money, and now more... was more on survival, really. Well, for the first part of my day, the luck was going good. As much as I didn't want to see it, I almost busted out a couple of players. <sighs> but, as luck would have it, things took a turn later in the afternoon. I couldn't hit a damn thing. Everything was just not going my way. So I figured... If I'm going to lose money might as well lose it a little at a time and hope that other players go faster than I do I did this for a few hours but then something just snapped inside of me I thought what the hell as long as I don't lose all my friends well I mean they're casualties now anyways right I'd have a better shot Fighting off three of them Than four So I decided it was time To take more chances At betting First I worked I was intimidating people I guess they figured It would be better To lose a little And just fold Than to play me Then another player Went bust And for the first time Someone gained $50,000 For killing the friend And it's a sight I could never get used to, no matter how many times it happened that day. And believe me, it happened a lot. Day three on the ship, saw two more players not make it. The whole thing was just making me sick. I could barely eat again. Dinner was mostly thinking about how the hell to get off the ship. I snuck around the best I could, but we were too high up to jump. And then I found out we have no lifeboats everything I thought that would work they apparently thought of that as well back to bed though and I just kept telling myself play the game maybe some of us can survive the next three days they let us live day four day five at day six my friends were gone and so were the girls holy shit this is it. I'm going to die. The panic sets in as I walk to the poker room, but I exhale to see my friends standing on stage. But yes, they were still in that trance. At least I knew I wasn't going to die <laughs> yet. We all sat at the table, chips in front of us as usual. I had a small lead going into day six. So it was the safest of all three. But then the game master spoke. Let's raise the stakes! He nodded towards the stage where suddenly all our friends just killed each other. I think my brain broke. I knew survival wasn't going to be easy, but when they did what they did, I I didn't even react. Maybe I'm just used to All the murder that I've I've seen over the last few days. I didn't even flinch. It's all about winning now. The money meant nothing. It was about getting off that ship. The game began, and about two hours in, there was another announcement The two highest chip totals will survive to the showdown. (laughs) The game master cackled, amused at his own pun. I had a small chip lead and we all played as hard as we could using our poker knowledge to on when to bet big and when to bet small I admit that in all the excitement of the betting I lost track of my chips that's when the day ended and I held my breath the first player had three and a half million player two had six and a half million Since there always had to be 15 million dollars around I did the math quickly in my head and realized Safe I have the other 4 million Well without our friends there To stab the losing player They took all three of us to the bow The third place player Was actually shot in the head Right in front of us And was thrown overboard the dinner was quiet, Both of was trying to figure out ways to survive the next 24 hours. I tossed all night, even pacing. But about midnight, I finally forced myself to sleep. If I'm either to win or escape, I was going to need my strength. The walk to the room felt like a mile. I looked at the other player, took a deep breath and sighed. This is it. If I die... I die. Before the game started, the third place player's chips were evenly split between us. Still meant the other player had an advantage. We both started out conservatively, hoping that we could just make it to the end of the day and we both live. About 5pm, the announcement was made. Take their chips. This is the last hand. And there must be a winner. Everyone that was involved with the cruise entered the room, with the exception of the captain, of course. first two cards were dealt. My cards were a Jack of Spades and a Queen of Hearts. I placed them on the table in the proper heads up fashion. His cards, well, they were a King of Diamonds and a Six of Clubs. A smile almost cracked my face because I knew I'm starting out with the better hand. than the flop. Six of diamonds. Shit! The turn. Jack of diamonds. The dealer picked up the river card. Both the other player and I held a breath, knowing that one of us was about to die. Felt forever for the dealer placed the river card on the table. Before I looked at it, I... Held my breath. It was the Queen of Spades. Tears streamed down my face because I knew I'd won. Yeah, I was $15 million richer, but more importantly, I'm going to get off this ship alive. I survived the gambling boat from hell. Right before i get my money, there was one last task. I had to kill the other player myself to assure this happened they placed a gun to my head my hands were shaking but I took the knife and plunged it directly into the heart of the other player the others in the room broke out into thunderous applause three briefcases of five million dollars each were handed to me and I was escorted off the boat a limo was waiting for me right at the dock so I placed my bags in the back and sat down I couldn't even look at myself sure I was 15 million dollars richer but I just murdered a man that limo ride I probably emptied all the alcohol it was in the bar that began the drinking I couldn't even face my family anymore I fell into a deep depression. My alcoholism got the better of me. My wife left me. She took the kids. Hell, I wasn't a fit parent. We finalized the divorce. That's when I received a text. Now, we own you. It's been three years since I've even looked at a deck of playing cards. Not since that night. Not since that trip. I can't even stomach gambling anymore. But the more I look at that text, the more I realize who it was. I'm rusty at poker, but this text means I have to teach myself all over again. My life. My life probably depends on it.
3: Dad.
5: dragons. Satan's game. Your children, like it or not, are attracted in their weaker years to the occult, and a game like D&D fuels their imagination and makes them feel special while drawing them deeper and deeper into the bowels of El Diablo. This afternoon, the Dead Ale Wives Watchtower invites you to sit in on an actual gaming session. Observe the previously unobservable as a hidden camera takes you to the inner sanctum of Dungeons and Dragons. Galstaff, you have entered the door to the north.
6: You are now by yourself, standing in a dark room. The pungent stench of mildew emanates from the wet dungeon walls. Where are the Cheetos? They're right next to you. I cast a spell. Where's the In the fridge, duh. I want to cast a spell. Can I have a Mountain Dew? Yes, you can have a Mountain Dew. Just go get it. I can cast any of these, right, on the list? Yes, any any of the first level ones. I'm going to get a soda. Anyone want one? Hey, Graham, I'm not in the room, right? What room? I want to cast... Magic Missile. The room where he's casting all these spells from! He hasn't cast anything yet. I am, though, if you'd listen. I'm casting Magic Missile. Why are you casting Magic Missile? There's nothing to attack here. I'm attacking the darkness. (laughs) (laughs) Fine, fine. You attack the darkness. There's an elf in front of you. Whoa, that's me, right? He's wearing a a, a a brown tunic and he has gray hair and blue eyes. No, I don't. I have gray eyes. Let me see that sheet. Well, it says I have, well, it says I have blue, but I decided I wanted gray eyes. Whatever. Okay, you, you guys can talk to each other now if you want. Hello. Hello. I am Galstaff, Sorcerer of Light. Then how come you had to cast Magic (laughs) Missile? You you, you guys are being attacked. Do I see that happening? No, you're outside by the tavern. Cool, I get drunk. There are, there are seven ogres surrounding you. How could they surround us? I had Mordenkainen's Magical Watchdog cast. No, you didn't. I'm getting drunk. Are there any girls there? I totally did. You asked me if I wanted any equipment before this adventure, and I said no. But I need material components for all my spells, so I cast Mordenkainen's Faithful Watchdog. But you never actually cast it. Roll the dice to see if I'm getting drunk. <laughs> yeah, you are. Are there any girls there? Yeah. I did, though. I completely said when you asked me. No, you didn't. You didn't actually say that you were casting the spell. So now there's ogres, okay? Ogres? Man, I got an ogre slaying knife. It's got a plus nine against ogres. You're not there. You're getting drunk. Okay, but if there's any girls there, I want to do them.
5: There you have it. A frightening look into America's most frightening pastime. Remember that it's not your children's fault that they're being drawn into a satanic world of nightmare. It's their gym teacher's fault for making them feel outcast when they couldn't do one single pull-up.
2: All right, people, let's move like we've got a purpose. Affirmative.
7: Affirmative.
0: Chronicity. A state of prolonged duration,
6: recurrent... Habitual Chronic. A new mini series on chronic pain and illness by your friends Matt and Phil from Semi Intellectual Musings. We go beyond medical diagnosis to explore the often
0: forgotten political, social, and personal sides.
6: You'll hear stories from extraordinary people overcoming extraordinary challenges
0: authors, entrepreneurs, volunteers, coaches, and caregivers.
6: They are so much more than their diagnoses, yet each have found ways to persevere.
0: You'll also hear some
6: familiar voices from the indie podcast community showing that art, creativity, and passion are possible while living, in chronicity. These stories and more starting April 1st at thesim.podbean.com.
0: Hi, everybody. Miss Starling here for Starlings All American Lamb Chops. Have you thought about dinner tonight? I know I have. Usually, it's some cow, there's some chicken, and some pig roaming around somewhere. But well, have you thought about lamb? Lamb's all natural. It's all great. And plus, it ain't that bad for the environment, like them nasty cows and them nasty pigs. Starlings, all American lamb chops, made right here in our farms in West Virginia. You can't get any better grass-fed lamb than what you see in the stores. Remember, it's got to have the name Starling written on it for it to be high quality. That's why we only ship the highest quality lamb meat all around these great United States. God bless America. I sure do love it. Stats Starlings, all American lamb chops. It's guaranteed to make you scream for more. Pete! Pete!
5: Why don't we just go up? No, don't go up there. Why not? Because A,
8: he might be one of them, and B, he might still be annoyed.
4: You are listening to EMZT Radio. Come and let your ears bleed.
0: The Horror Gaming Report brought to you by ThatTechShop.com. Head over right now to ThatTechShop.com and type in the code EMZT at checkout for 20% off of all items for PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox.
1: From GameRevolution.com... Asymmetric multiplayer horror games are brilliantly reinventing the entire horror genre. Alien Isolation might be one of the scariest games of this generation with its intelligent xenomorph that stalks you around an increasingly unstable space station. While the inescapable tension of single-player horror campaigns can create memorable scares, something else is revitalizing the genre. Asymmetric multiplayer horror games have been coming into their own in the last few years and should be celebrated for the creativity they bring to the genre. Asymmetric multiplayer horror may not be the catchiest title, but it's an apt description. In it, players either fill the role of the monster or the victim, with one player hunting the others as they desperately try to escape. The monster will have abilities to allow them to chase, frighten, and overwhelm the other players that are forced to play as teenagers who can barely handle normal tasks, let alone whatever the hunter has in store. The genre seems to have evolved out of Evolve's formula, which had a similar four versus one design without the same theme and atmosphere. In fact, Evolve had the larger team of players hunt the individual, something that horror games had reversed and found success in, Evolve's focus on action didn't capture an audience the way horror games have, however, and it wasn't a commercial success. But while the original might not have worked, the new games have refined the formula and improved upon it. Although the genre isn't bursting at the seams, it does have plenty of potential for growth and is currently being buoyed by a few core games. Friday the 13th, Dead by Daylight, and recent Last Year the Nightmare have all contributed to the genre's success. Leaning to the tension of single, almost unstoppable enemy works beautifully as a horror trope even if players are caught by themselves or within a group. Rather than attempting to create a a lengthy single-player experience, that has to be perfectly balanced in order to avoid exhausting or boring the player. Asymmetric multiplayer horror games strip away the story for short, intense matches. Most rounds only last 10 or so minutes, which means the game can condense its thrills into a shorter time span. This condensed playtime also means that the genre is becoming popular with players who don't always have the time to sink into a long campaign, especially if the single-player game doesn't allow you to save whenever you like. The emotionally driven tension of the genre also makes it prime for streamers, which is yet another way these games help the genre grow. Developers have to create a genuinely scary antagonist that knows how to strike fear within the player. Alien Isolation was celebrated for its xenomorph that seemingly behaved intelligently, stalking and learning as the player desperately fought it off over the course of the game. But instead of taking it all the time, it would make an enemy that smart, asymmetric multiplayer horror games enlist a player to do it for them. With a human-controlled foe, the player can more easily anticipate their poor victims. A player can easily devise ambushes, surprises, and remain unpredictable to the hunted, which is something AI still struggles to do reliably. Likewise, there's no way for the hunted to cheese an encounter with another human because they're not working off a script, which makes it an improvisational game of cat and mouse. Horror games have always had this tactical element as well, with players planning routes and attempting to think their way out of danger. And that can ramp up the fear as players take on the role of the monster they're playing. Some players have a tendency to go out of their way in an attempt to scare the other players, not just to win, because it is fun to frighten them. Darting past windows as Jason in Friday the 13th, appearing at one door only to move around and enter another in Dead by Daylight, or to simply stand and watch them in Last Year, the nightmare is a hoot. These benefits also work in reverse, too. While an AI enemy might struggle to recognize and effectively counter the hunted player's behavior, a human can more easily understand a real person's intentions and work proactively against them. In most of the games, players will have several objectives that they can try to complete in order to escape, and part of the strategic side of playing the monster is working out which route they are taking and doing everything you can to stop them. While Battle Royale might be the genre on everybody's lips, the asymmetric multiplayer horror genre is proving its worth. It's not getting the same attention from the industry or the media, but it is still incredibly popular and deserves to be even more popular because of its inventive premise. Pitting one hideous human-controlled monster against four real people is clever, truly unique to video games and the best thing to happen to horror genre in ages. And you're listening to EMZT Radio, everything horror
5: from the human race to entertainment.
8: Did you see that movie, Night of the Living Dead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one where the corpses started eating the people, right? Sure. What, what about it? Did you know that movie was based on a true case?
4: <laughs> Come on, you're shitting me, right? I ain't never been more serious in my life. The dream you are falling,
8: lost in the listening distance as dark locks in. Ah! Nightfall. Good evening. Tonight we would request your attendance at a formal ball given to honor the most important guest of all. The setting is London, the year 1750. The play, based on a short story by Peter S. Beagle and dramatized by Len Peterson, is called The Guest of Honor.
9: Parties. Parties. I'm so bored. Parties.
8: But it's expected, Lady Neville. That
9: I open the season with a gala that leaves everyone gasping. Lorimond, you're the
8: poet. Inspire me. Oh, let's see. Um poison champagne every fifth glass. <laughs> <laughs> My lady, you'd be the talk of London be and serious, Edinburgh.
9: Yes, Lorimond. Now, whom might I invite who wouldn't bore me silly? Hmm. The king, of course, and uh, the oh, archbishop. Georgie, porgy. When he goes on and on and on in his German strudel English about his mistresses and his money, my feet go to sleep. As for the Archbishop of Canterbury, all that talk about altar boys. But you have inspired me, Lorimond. Someone I'd not thought of. Oh? The ultimate guest. Who? Death. You mean death? In person.
8: It would never have occurred to me. Such a stunning idea. Death, a party guest. Why not? At Lady Neville's next grand ball. Since her husband died, her life increasingly has been devoted to parties and balls. The leading lords of England, all eager to be invited. She's the wisest and wittiest woman in all London, Lady Neville. And I, David Lodermond, her personal secretary and poet laureate. What a brilliant combination.
9: Strike the king off my list, Lodermond.
8: His majesty off. As you wish. Struck off.
9: And his queen. Caroline. Oh, All that royal Teutonic wit. Boring. Ecclesiastical wit. Hmm. Off the list as well. The Archbishop of Canterbury. All archbishops. And bishops. Yeah, it should improve the general level of dancing. And no George Frederick Handel.
8: No Handel on the harpsichord. Playing for his supper. Though his music's marvellous, but I doze. Oh, my dear Flora, th- th- this is beyond my comprehension. This break with. Ask your wisest friends if this is not rash. Inconceivable.
9: Summon them.
8: Thank you for coming, Colonel Compson, Lord and Lady Torrance, Condessa oh. Delicantini. I am to break the news to you. News? <clears throat> For her grand ball to open the season, Lady Neville has struck off all eminences except few. Even the king is off oh, the list.
7: But Flora loves court
9: gossip.
8: <laughs> no more.
7: But a ball without.
8: The... And she has had Handel.
9: Uh,
8: had Handel.
9: Had Handel. More and more, my dear friends, I find my parties entertaining everyone but me. But, Flora, darling, the secret of your long life... Not finding been... anything dull. Oh, now everything is intolerable. Going to parties to be bored, especially my own. So you intend... Uh, to my next ball, I shall invite the one guest not even I shall find boring. Lady Neville, do tell. The guest of honour shall be death himself.
7: <laughs> Charming. <laughs> Death? Oh, Lady
9: Neville, y-
10: you are jesting. Death will come when ready. Why hurry him?
9: Oh, Colonel Compson, if Death has plans to take any one of us on the night of my party, he will come, whether invited or not. And if he has no such plans? Then I think it will be diverting to have Death among us. And if he is in a good humour, offering us a A trick or two from the beyond.
10: Lady Neville, death is so
9: busy, I doubt he'll accept your invitation. No one has ever refused an invitation of mine.
10: Well, it'll certainly be the unforgettable event of the
8: season. Death dancing at Lady Neville's ball. One difficulty, Lady Neville. Yes, Norman? Uh, If sending an invitation, how do we address him? His lordship, Death.
10: That puts him only on the level of a viscount
5: or a baron. Yes,
8: his majesty. And make him the king's equal? Impossible, couldn't do that. Uh, His eminence death?
9: Ah, David, Ah, so clever with words.
10: Still, how is the
8: invitation to reach death? Who knows where he
10: lives?
9: He must have a good address.
8: Or does he live among the poor, their only friend?
9: David Lorimond, death may be forced to deal with poor people, but I hardly think he seeks them out. Death must be a nobleman. Well,
8: the question remains, what street and name or number of his residence?
9: Daryl, my hairdresser, has a sick child. He was telling me just yesterday, it sounded quite despairing. Send for him, Lodermond. We'll give him the invitation. Daryl, in turn, can give it to death when his eminence comes to take the brat. It must
10: be unconventional. I
8: see no other way. If your hairdresser refuses...
9: Why should he?
8: My um, lady, you don't think it a, a cruel thing to do?
9: Loderman, get on with it. Fetch him.
8: No fuss. Daryl the hairdresser, comes as bidden. Sir, Lady Neville's wanting me? Yes. Come in. Uh. But, uh, I'm not to do her hair. No. Nope. Heir of a guest, then? Not a guest. I don't do servant's hair. Three scissors and pins never touch but ladies' tresses.
10: She had to test me, sir. Scheming to give me a scullery maid to dolly up, and when I does, out I goes.
8: <laughs> no, Daryl, no. Something missing. A valuable...
10: I wouldn't touch a valuable.
9: Ah, mm. oh, Lorimer, you tracked him down. Daryl, how is your son?
8: Billy, poorly, ma'am.
9: Oh. Well, when death comes for him, will you please give him this invitation?
8: Death, Lady Neville.
9: Well, you are expecting him, aren't you? At home. Yes, ma'am. Well, why the surprised look? Take the invitation, give it to him, and it's RSVP. Mind you, get a reply.
8: This is all, ma'am?
9: Yes, all, but highly important to me.
10: I'll, uh, see to it, (laughs) ma'am.
9: Lodimond, I was right, as usual. He's happy to do it.
8: hairdresser back after only two days with a small white envelope. Adam, death gave me this.
9: Oh, nice of you, Darrell. Thank you. Plain. Tasteful calling card. Where are my glasses? Oh, you read it, (coughs) Loderman.
8: Death will be pleased to attend Lady Neville's ball.
9: (laughs) Marvellous. Daryl, what's he like? Like? Yes. What is death like? Death? Dorimond, call Colonel Compson from the sunroom. He must see my little triumph.
8: Yes, Lady Neville.
9: Now, Daryl, tell me about his manner, his looks, his dress. Death.
10: Well, it's... It's hard to...
9: Uh... Oh, why, you are being tedious, Darrow. Ah! <laughs> Colonel, see what I have. This mm. communication from... Guess who?
2: Uh,
10: ah. <laughs> uh, so I am surprised. And not surprised. What could Lady Neville not demand and get?
9: Hmm. Terse, isn't it?
8: Uh, Indeed. uh, But a plain card. No crest, no embossing. I I find that peculiar. Not as peculiar as the writing.
10: Almost a delicate hand.
9: Refined. Cultivated.
10: Uh, There was nothing delicate about the death I saw on the battlefield. Slashing right and left. Black armoured. Stride of black horse.
9: Darrell, how could you be sure it was death?
8: What did death say?
9: Are you trying to make fools of us?
8: My little son.
9: Oh, Lord, call the footman. What, my lady? Take this insolent fellow, give him a sound whipping, and throw him out into the street.
8: Lady Neville, the poor man, lost his son not an hour ago.
9: And he must learn that I am not to be trifled with... <laughs> I believe that note is genuine. The ball in death's honour shall take place two weeks from tonight. Let death come as death pleases.
10: But, uh, as a skeleton?
9: I am less frightened of death and less certain of its form than I was. I am too old to be afraid of anything that can still use a quill pen to write a letter. Uh, Colonel Compson? David Lodermond spread the word to my many friends and urge them to speak to their servants so that all of London may be informed. On this one night, no one in the world will die, for death will be dancing at Lady Neville's ball.
8: Lady Neville's evening of evenings. Everyone arrives early. Handsome carriages, fine horses, spilling up the great driveway to Neville Mansion.
9: Like a grand funeral procession. Appropriate. (laughs) Or not? What is fitting when one's honored guest is death himself?
8: finest musicians in London. But for all their lovely notes, not a single couple steps onto the dance floor. No young lord begs the honour of the first dance with Lady Neville. Everyone clusters against the walls, in corners.
9: Why have they come to my party if they're afraid? I will die sooner than anyone here, but I'm not afraid. Entertaining death...
8: Excites or frightens you? Your scarf is twisted in knots and you cannot sit down without rising again.
9: David, fetch me a glass of red wine.
8: I brought you seven, lady. One sip and you set it down and forget it.
9: I do. Where is...
8: Death? Where indeed? Far from punctual, I'm afraid.
9: Death will not arrive until midnight. I feel it.
8: Striking midnight.
9: What form will death take?
8: Or what disguise? Don't distress yourself.
9: Death. They'll have my
2: face. He has not come.
8: <laughs>
10: there, 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 my darling. I can
4: you Nothing to be afraid
8: of.
10: The whole thing's a joke. Oh. <laughs> Death will yes, not sir. be invited again.
2: <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> what a laugh. I say. <laughs>
9: I am ruined. I wanted to give a ball so grand that those not invited would be publicly shamed. Really? How could I want to shame even their majesties? This humiliation is my reward. No. I am ruined and I deserve it. On my spite. Don't think that. David, get everyone dancing. Signal the orchestra. Yes.
8: Play! (laughs) Music will drown out all this mockery.
9: Dance with me, David Lorimond. You will not have another chance. I shall never again give a party.
8: I am honored, Lady
9: Neville,
8: to have been invited to this, your last ball.
9: (laughs) Let them laugh. I did not fear death when they were all trembling... Why should I fear their laughter now?
2: What's that?
9: And this cool chill suddenly through the house.
7: Am I late? Oh, I am so sorry.
8: footman can announce her. A lovely young girl in a white dress slips gracefully into the ballroom and glances about, smiling.
9: Can that be she? I I must go and greet her.
8: Lady Neville, be careful. Take care.
9: How incredibly youthful. Attractive. Vibrant, she is. Welcome, my Lady
7: Death. You are Lady Neville. Thank you for inviting me. You honor us. I must apologize, but I would a long way to come, and my horse is tired.
8: Lady Death. I'll have one of the grooms feed your horses and rub them down.
7: Oh, no. Don't anyone go near my steeds. They're not real horses, and they're very fierce.
8: And you, my lady, real enough to accept this glass of wine?
7: Thank you. Everyone, upon getting to know me well, finds me very real. I do not doubt it, dear Lady Death. Beautiful house you have. I wish I lived here. I shall, one day. You what? Oh, I'm sorry, Lady Neville. I'm cruel without wishing to be I'm not used to this kind of hospitality and I do stupid things please forgive me
9: (laughs) you have said nothing untoward while you are my guest my house is yours
7: oh what lovely music I have not danced in such a long time I fear I've forgotten.
8: She is surprisingly shy. What is
7: wrong
9: with all my young lords? Why is no one stepping forward to dance with her? You wish me to? No, David, stay by me. I'm near fainting. Well, is it because she has death, that sweet young thing, that none of these gallants will chance a gavotte with her?
8: Oh, lady Neville, look, not all your gallants have failed you, Colonel Compton. My dear,
10: exquisite young lady, may I have the honor of this dance?
7: I was hoping you'd ask, Colonel Thompson. You know me? I have seen you at a distance. Some brutal encounters I've had to attend. You are magnificent, Colonel.
9: For such a vivacious girl, I am surprised. Graceless dancing. No notion of music or rhythm.
8: The colonel, though, keeping his dignity and humor. But his
9: eyes. Look at his eyes. Oh, Lord. Glazed with fear. Still, I have never seen him dance so well.
8: Spires his
9: lovely lady into flowing with him. Yes. That comes of having military ideals.
8: Little by little, other couples overcome their fear and slip hurriedly onto the floor, when death has her back to them. But no brave gallant tries to relieve Colonel Thompson of his beautiful birth
7: getting the feel of the music now.
8: Here you are. Uh, if it is true...
7: Yes?
10: ...that I saw you at some of those bloody battles, how can you have changed so? How can you be now so lovely?
7: <laughs> I thought that among so many handsome people here tonight, it would be better to be beautiful. Ah. I was afraid of frightening everyone, spoiling the party.
8: Well, most of your guests, Lady Neville, thought you would be ugly.
7: But you, David... Knew she would be beautiful.
8: The musicians play on and on. Lady Neville dances with everyone except death's captive, Colonel Compson. And now, no woman at the ball dances better than death herself.
9: (laughs) They're jealous of death. (laughs) (laughs) Passionately. I am not jealous of her in the least, and not afraid of her. Oh, will not talk of this night for years to come.
2: Oh. <laughs> what has
7: happened?
10: Well, poor musicians cannot play forever. <laughs> Exhausted.
7: Out the window. Look. The night is almost gone. I too must go.
9: Oh, no, no. Even though the dancing is done, you must stay a while
7: longer, sweet Death. I have had a wonderfully worldly time. I will remember this night forever.
10: Then stay a while longer.
7: Dear Colonel Thompson, my first real gallant, not tired of me yet.
10: Never. Do
8: stay. Lady Death, stay so I may dance and talk with you. If Colonel Thompson, who plays the harpsichord tolerably, will play.
7: Such gallants I have. A soldier and a poet. Oh, to be a woman. But this romancing comes too late. I must go. My husband and I think you are charming. Beautiful, please stay. Ah, gracious Lady Torrance. Terrified of me all evening. Clinging tightly to your husband. No longer. And the Contessa della Candini... Standing well back, disapproving. Do you want me to stay, to be one of your friends? I disapprove no longer, nor do I envy your beauty. You are a true lady. And you? And you? And you? All of you? Do you want me to live among you, to be death no more? Yes, yes, yes you want me to visit your homes come to your parties wear the gowns you wear say the clever things you say and will one of your gallants marry me the rest of you dance at my wedding oh yes stay become one of us be certain be sure all of you if one of you says no go away then I must leave and never return do all of you want me We
9: are dull and stupid And grow old Uselessly Stay with us, Lady Death
2: Very well
7: I shall stay I will be death no more But a woman
2: There is a price to pay
7: There is always a price One of you must become death in my place. (laughs) There must forever be death in the world. Will anyone choose, any of you, willingly, to be death in my place so that I might be a woman?
2: Mm
7: No one will offer. Then I must choose. And that is just. For that's how I became death. I never wanted to be this phantom. It makes me so happy that you want me to become worldly, mortal, a woman. I've searched a long time for people fond of me. Now I've only to choose someone to replace me, and it is done. The Contessa della Candini. Me? Me? (laughs) No. Death's vocation is beyond you. Hmm. And not Colonel Compson, of his majesty's household cavalry. Too kind to become death. The task, too cruel to him. The colonel himself wants to die so badly.
10: Lady Death, must you be so shrewd, so cautious?
7: Not. David Lorimond, the poet. No. You know so little of life. And I'm too attracted to you.
8: You, you hurt me. And quicken me.
7: Lord and Lady Torrance, ah, you care too much for each other to take pride in being deaf. Ah,
9: you are less capricious, my lady, than we thought.
7: I was far from your age, Lady Neville, when I became deaf. What must it be like? Be your age eventually.
9: I have been this old mortal far too long.
7: Lady Neville, the ideal one. I choose Lady
2: Neville.
7: I am honored.
9: But is there no one more worthy?
7: No one. No one so weary of being a human. No one who knows better how meaningless it is to be alive. No one else. Certainly not here. With the power to treat life. The life of your hairdresser's child, say, is the meaningless thing it is. Death has a heart, but so empty. And your heart, Lady Neville, empty as a dry riverbed. Not always. But... Yes,
9: since... Widow.
7: You will be content as death, more than I. For I was very young when I became death. Still life hungry. But you are aged and close to the end.
8: Death comes toward Lady Neville, lightly. Her deep eyes wide and full of the morning's red sun. Everyone else moves back. Lady Neville, pale, thin hands clenched, watches death come toward her with graceful dancing steps.
7: Lady Neville, we must kiss each other. That is the way I became death. Quickly. Quickly. Oh, I cannot wait to be alive again.
9: (laughs) You may not like it after a while.
7: Perhaps not. I'll not be as beautiful as I am and people will not love me as they do now but I will be a loved and loving woman for a while then die as humans die I have done my penance What penance? What was it you
9: did? Why did you become death?
7: I don't remember and you too will forget in time
8: Lady Death is smaller, slighter than Lady Neville, and so much younger. Perhaps like a daughter Lady Neville never had. Death lifts her head to kiss the old lady's cheek.
7: You'll still be beautiful when I'm ugly. Be kind to me then.
9: I promise
8: Lady Neville's last human act. With dry, cracked lips, she kisses the soft, sweet smelling cheek of young Lady
2: Death. <music>
1: and that wraps up another episode of EMZT radio.
0: I I want to before we go, I want to bring something up to you cuz I found uh-huh. this story. I, I still listen to Coast to Coast. It, nice. It's not the same without Art Bell obviously, but you know, George yeah. Noory does a good job. So, according to Iran's semi-official news outlets. Mhm. They put Alex First off, they put Alex Jones to shame when it comes to Conspiracy theories. Right. But here is... Probably one of the greatest conspiracy theories of all time. All right. The United States government has secretly been run by a shadow government of space aliens since 1945.
1: Did somebody watch Escape from Planet Earth?
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, there, the, are the, the, It keeps going. The alien government is based out of Nevada and has previously run Nazi Germany. It adds for timeliness that the controversial NSA program is a tool for the aliens to hide their presence on Earth and their secret agenda for global domination. This is all asserted as incontrivable or incontrivable fact with no caveats.
1: Oh, man.
0: So okay. apparently what happened What ha- happened was uh, the report explains how Germany built s- hundreds of submarines during, nearing the end of World War II, far more than what could have been possible with mere human technology. It does not explain why aliens with access to interstellar travel... Built subs that were so grossly incapable against the British Navy, <laughs> or why all-powerful extraterrestrials were unable to help the Nazis resist an invasion of Allied forces—that mere cavemen, relative to their own technology. <laughs> In any case, after losing the war, the I'm gonna. I, there will be a link to this from the Washington. <laughs> this, this this is on coast to coast, but there's a link to a Washington Post story. We'll link to the Washington Post story. Oh my In god! In any case. After losing the war, the aliens apparently installed themselves as the secret force behind the United States government. It goes on to say that President Obama is a tool of the aliens, though anti-alien factions within the U.S. government are fighting to topple him. I wonder what side Trump is on. Their (laughs) present aim is to install a global surveillance system that will somehow... Finally, allow them to impose a one world government and enslave humanity.
1: <laughs> oh my god.
0: There you go. That's coming out of Iran that the United States is run <laughs> by aliens. All right.
1: Somebody got a good dose of shit in their water. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. Oh. The prospect of aliens fascinates me. And I hope yeah. that one day we will see extraterrestrial life that won't wipe us off the planet. Um, mm. But mm. I just find uh, that's just a little too inconceivable. Oh, for, my God. For, for me, even for me, that, that's hilarious.
1: But then what if it's true?
0: <laughs> yeah, what if it's true? Then we're all screwed.
1: We're kind of fucked,
0: <laughs> well, I mean, here's the other thing though, if the aliens in the government are that powerful, why would there still be anti alien factions of the government
1: to offset the whole alien takeover oh. to kind oh, of you like-, mean like
0: illusion of choice yes, yeah, illusion okay, illusion of I, yes. I can buy that for a dollar, Yes. illusion of choice,
1: yeah. To make it seem that there is a choice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: So I wonder what these, <laughs> these anti-alien, this part of this anti-alien faction would, would be. You would have to think Trump is part of that anti-alien faction then, right? <laughs> I mean, oh, I mean if, if Obama is an alien or, excuse me, controlled by an alien, mm-hmm. wouldn't it just make sense that Trump would be against aliens at all costs? Yep. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's why Trump was elected, to protect us from the aliens. (laughs) That's Um, it. We have solved it. We have figured out why Trump was elected. (laughs) Okay. To save us from the Nazi space aliens. Oh, my God. Oh, dear God. And also, yeah, okay. That's but, a movie
1: that needs to be made. Th-
0: <laughs> Please don't let John Travolta know about this. <laughs> oh, my God. It'll be part of Scientology within the next 15 minutes. <laughs> um, I just... I, I'm just sitting here, reading it, and I'm just like, really? Really? <laughs> I mean... Wow! That's oh my say.
1: God! Is that anyways, a natural that... high, or did they get slipped something in their food? <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. I don't
0: know, but but again, I, that's all I can say is if the aliens are are that powerful, <laughs> then how have they been so inept this entire time?
1: Mm-hmm. The illusion. There you go. There's still the illusion factor
0: just like okay so oh so so like a rope dope maybe Uh-huh <laughs> The rope well this is one hell of a rope dope I mean it's been going on for almost 100 years <laughs> Well
1: got to keep the masses under control
0: I don't know if I could pretend to be that stupid for that long <laughs> to
1: gain the public trust and lower their guard oh hell yeah it'd be worth the wait
0: I'm still on the on the on the believing that um, there's a, nah, no, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> it, is, it is one of my favorite conspiracy theories that actually it is a war. The, the demonic angelic war has already oh. begun inside the government.
3: <laughs> oh
1: no. That would be a good story to write.
0: That would be a fun story to write. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways i thought i would run that by you just because it's hilarious to me that, oh my god that, that, this is the fun we get you know that, and that's one of the reasons why i still listen to coast to coast it's, it's interesting
1: other than you know if that's the case then the bomb needs to be dropped down earth needs to be blown up you know that's just that's it
0: <laughs> that's well it. If, the, if the aliens have have developed the technology what are they <laughs> I mean, my whole thing is though if this was the case, why haven't they installed the One World Government yet? I mean, you know, there is this mm. thing called the United Nations. Mhm so, right i'm waiting for I'm waiting for that to be oh no, no, aliens run the United Nations, not the United States. What are you talking about
1: <laughs> that's that next. I can see that's next, yeah,
0: yeah, but anyways. <laughs> anyways, uh, check us out on Discord, check us out on Patreon. <laughs> For now um <laughs> youtube facebook twitter that sort of thing maybe we can talk you know what you hop on the discord server and we'll talk aliens and we'll talk weird stuff <laughs> and if you're having a problem with the link contact us on facebook yeah. i'll give you i'll give you a link there you go matter of fact that's probably a better idea we should probably put that in the show notes from now on just contact us on facebook if you want a link to the to the discord server
1: Okay, that sounds like a good idea.
0: Yeah, also buy the t-shirts.
1: And please buy the t-shirts.
0: Please buy the t-shirts. We need to make our money back somehow.
1: (laughs) Well, and and we'd like to start traveling.
0: Yes. For conventions.
1: So we can do conventions and whatnot.
0: Yeah. I know. So we can all end up in Sweden and drunk and... (laughs) with Sarah and Jasmine taking probably blackmail-worthy pictures of us. Uh, or it could be vice versa. Who knows? Or vice uh, versa.
1: <laughs> or there'd be another party that would get the whole video of all of us together.
0: <laughs> no, Jeremiah. No. <laughs> 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 all right. We we, def- we desperately need to get the hell out of here.
1: Y- yeah, we've done enough damage for today, so stay tuned stuff. for another episode of EMZT Radio. Powder <laughs> Toast
3: Man!
1: Now we
4: done feeling our feelings, because I'd like to get out of this room
8: before we both start growing lady parts.